0: If you're interested in small business, you're going to want to subscribe to the Small Business Showcase by KaizenTree. We meet with small business owners every week to discuss lessons that you can apply in your own journey. Learn from their failures, successes, and stories to discover how to build a life doing what you love. For those of you who already have a small business, be sure to check out KaizenTree.com, an online platform that helps manage your inventory, sales channels, customer relationships, and more. Welcome to the Small Business Showcase. With me today is Amelia from the Bellerine Brownie Company and Adelia Fine Foods, two companies based in Melbourne that make handcrafted gluten-free brownies, mueslis, granola, and other handcrafted healthy goods. It's great to have you here.
1: Thank you. Thanks very much, Marcus.
0: So I think to get us started, if you could please tell us a bit about yourself and what it is that you're doing over there in Melbourne.
1: Uh, so we're, we're actually based down in regional Victoria, down on the Ballerine Peninsula, so about an hour's drive from Melbourne. And down there we have a custom-built commercial kitchen set up where we've got a team of chefs predominantly, um, and we manufacture and package a number of different Brands, um, so brands that you would see on sort of independent supermarket shelves or greengrocers. Uh, so, as you mentioned, the Ballerine Brownies, uh, we've got the four brownies and a Rocky Road, and Adelia Fine Foods specializes in granolas, mueslies. We have a Pancake mix range and a number of other um, goodies as well.
0: And is that sold? um so you said in, in different independent grocers. Is it mostly through sort of stockists, or is it also in different sales channels?
1: Probably eighty percent of our sales would come through our stockists. For Adelia, we have approximately three hundred wow. stockists now around Australia. And the brownies is um, probably a bit more focused on Victoria, mostly due to shelf life and um, shipping, given it's a chocolate product. So probably more like the 150 stockers mark for the brownies. Uh, we also have our online shop, so at... Um, each of the individual website um, we sell at local markets Um, so at the moment obviously there's not as many of them going on but in a typical year we would be at three to four markets a weekend and at various other events across the country Uh, last week we were meant to be in Canberra but that got cancelled due to the new covid outbreak
0: everyone's in lockdown
1: yeah so that that side of the business has definitely been interesting in the last year but it, in a normal year that would be one of our main avenues and then we're also on just a, a couple of different online marketplaces as well
0: and at, at the start was it with stockers that that you grew or was it with the markets and online or what was sort of the initial growth like?
1: Yeah, so initially uh, we, we launched with Adelia Fine Foods. Um, so my husband and I, I guess, wanted to start a business for ourselves. Um, and we, we did this just on the weekends and after hours. So we both had our full-time jobs still. And um, that was predominantly at the markets. So we would, you know, make product in the evenings and then go to the local markets on the weekends and sell it. It was really from here where we were getting asked the question over and over again, where else can we buy this? Um, You know, this market's only on once a month or once a quarter or whatever that market was on for. Where else can we get it in the meantime? Um, So that sort of pushed us to to have our online store up and running, but also gave a little bit of incentive to reach out to a few stockists. So we reached out to a handful here in Geelong um, who are still to this day our biggest supporters, Um, so we're forever grateful for those stockists. And, yeah, he, he, um, he was accepted straight away and the product sold well, and that then gave him confidence to go into other stockists around the state as far as Victoria goes, we still manage that ourselves. Um, so Adam and the mm-hmm. team will predominantly, you know, call them or text them or email them depending on each individual stockist's preference. And then in New South Wales and South Australia, we have a distributor.
0: And so and, and this product was originally with the muesli or with the granola that, that you started off with?
1: A bit of both. So we we launched with five products um, from memory. (laughs) This is testing the memory. I think it was two granolas and three mueslis that we launched with. All five of them we still have. The recipes changed slightly in, in the eight years that we've been going Um, and I think even maybe the name has also changed a little bit. Um, but yeah, those five products are still with us. Um, but for Adelia, we've, we've now got around 20 product lines and obviously the introduction of the Bellerin brownies. So that's an additional six products as well.
0: Yeah. What do you think sort of set the initial products apart? Because I know that there's quite a few different types of, of granola and muesli, um, stands there. So what, what, what do you think it was that really pushed the demand at the start?
1: Yeah, it's a good question, and I don't know the exact answer to the question. Um, I think at the end of the day, it would be probably the quality. Of our products. So um, we've never compromised on the quality of the ingredients that we use, always aim to have the best recipe. We use the the markets that we go to as like one of the main streams to get customer feedback. So you're actually talking with those customers directly uh, and you can really get an understanding of what the current trends are or what, you know, the customer's needs are. So we've been able to adapt based pretty much directly on what the customers told us that they wanted. I think also just the passion of, of us. So we're the ones at the market. Um, we also have my mum sometimes doing them as well. But um, just having the three of us sort it's of yeah, we've, we've never hired someone to sell our product at the markets. It's always been us. And I think people appreciate that. They like to talk to the founders and the owners and the people who know the product best. And if you can sort of have that conversation with them about what they like or what their dietary requirements are all about, then you can sort of suggest which products would be best suited to them or um, you know, what ones they might like the best. So I think that's, that's always worked really well for us.
0: It's very interesting with having that direct customer feedback. Imagine that's actually at the core of your success. Um, obviously it's very important because then you can sort of test and see whether you know when you send it to your stockers, is it actually going well because you already know that it's successful within the local communities
1: yeah that's exactly right i think the the feedback we've received from a lot of our stockists also obviously we're not in those stores physically mm-hmm. but the feedback we receive from the stockists is our packaging so it's a fairly simple design but you can see through it so people can actually see the product um see what they're buying it's it's not in a packet with a picture on the front as far as the information that we've received from our stockers, that seems to be one of our main selling points as well.
0: Was there any sort of difficulty with getting stockers at the start? Could you go through what the process was or what, how does it actually work?
1: So originally, um, as I mentioned, Adam went to those sort of five local ones. Um so he actually went in store, spoke to the owner or the relevant buyer for that area. And he actually <laughs> As nervous as he was and as scary as that process was, it was actually really easy for him. These sorts of shops genuinely want to support local businesses. And when they see a product that they like and they see a business owner that's sort of beaming with passion and determination for this product to do well, then they can kind of see that it's selling on the shelves as well. So, yeah, as as much as Adam never did this at all in his (laughs) previous roles or career, I think just the passion that comes across through him is really what drove that. And then obviously as we grew throughout Victoria, he would do very trips and continue that sort of model trying to speak with people face to face some of the bigger chains obviously that can't happen necessarily just by walking in Um, so yeah there might have been a series of emails or phone calls to set up a meeting with the relevant person and sometimes we would even you know get knocked back a couple of times but Mm -hmm. again it's just that determination we want our product in these stores so just keep going (laughs) don't give up after the first time you get knocked back Um, yeah there has been been a few stores where it's been like that and you know we're in them now and it's going well
0: yeah that's fascinating I think it seems like it's been very it ha- has it actually been that smooth this way you're describing it seems like it was, it was really sort of i'm sure not easy but it seems like it was very smooth growth
1: yeah i guess so like from afar it probably looks like we've grown quickly but we feel like we've grown quite slowly actually so we've always um taken it in steps that we felt we could manage yeah so originally like the focus was sort of on say 20 to 30 Stock us for that first year, and then that grew and it grew like significantly to 20 to 100, say in the following year, but still at a pace that we thought we could manage. And often, So stockists might just start with, you know, a couple of your products. So having a good idea of what your top sellers are or what the customers are most interested in is really handy as well. Getting those key products in and on the shelves and then proving that they will sell. And then obviously just trying to grow that shelf presence um, throughout the journey.
0: Yeah. Because I guess when you put it in in like a stockist store, it really comes down to the packaging to sell the product. That's right. Or, or does the sort of the store owner also help?
1: Again, the last year has been very different. So yeah. when we first started, we could go in store and do tastings, and we didn't do that for every store, and that would be impossible. But we do do that for the stores that wanted, or the stores that encourage that sort of thing to happen. Some stores will also, you know, you can send them extra product and they might do something similar on their own mm-hmm. accord. So they might put out little sample jars or whatever for the customer to take. But again, every stockist is different and the, you know, the space they have or the, the amount of stuff that they have that can help you do these sorts of things is very variable. I guess being flexible as a business owner and working with them to whatever works best has really worked for us.
0: Yeah. What would you say are some of the challenges that you faced along
1: well, we're a husband and wife team, so um, I guess that's been one of our biggest challenges, working out how to work with each other and still have a respectable relationship outside of the business as well. Got a young family, two daughters, um, and still being you know, able to have that work-life balance is obviously very hard in a husband and wife uh, business model. Some of the other challenges, I guess, would be through that growth. Um, we're kind of lucky the the two of us have very different strengths and in different areas one of us might be more conservative than the other, but at the end of the day, we kind of balance each other out. Uh, so taking some of these big steps from going for example, from a home-based business to uh, building that commercial kitchen in an industrial estate and things like hiring our first staff member and every staff member thereafter. <laughs> you know, all these sort of decisions, I guess, are all challenges. You've got to make sure that you've got enough income coming in to support them and enough growth predicted to, to make sure that's the right decision.
0: Yeah. And what year did you actually start the business?
1: So Adelia Fine Foods, we launched just with our family and friends, like tiny, really small launch um, in November 2013. And at that time, like I said, we were just attending markets and it Mm -hmm. probably wasn't until June the following year that we finally got into a stockist. Ballerine Brownies, that launched after we moved to the commercial kitchen in the industrial estate. So I guess the way that sort of came about was we now have this, custom built premise where, you know, we can really control everything inside of it. Um, We've now got staff members and things like that. How Mm -hmm. can we make the most of all of this? And how can we utilize the relationships that we have with our stockists to the best that we can? Um, So we come up with the, the idea of having this other brand and why brownies? Well, we, to be honest, we tried lots of different products at the time. Um, But we always kept coming back to brownies. So Adam previously was a chef and um, he always made delicious brownies. Like he would sell them at the cafes and um, you know, often make them for cakes for people's birthdays and all things Mm -hmm. like that. So I guess it just kept coming back to brownies. So the brownies actually launched the year that we moved into that industrial kitchen. The launch date probably wasn't ideal. Uh, it ended up being the day after our second daughter was born. So it's it's memorable <laughs> and and it was very busy. Um, it was in December and we just knew that we had to do our best to get the product out there before the Christmas rush. We could get the product in as many people's hands in that first month. Then we're already off to a good start. Yeah, not not ideal timing with the, from a personal perspective, but definitely um, at the end of the day. It was the right decision.
0: And was was there any sort of initial investment with it in that 2013, or was it sort of just organically reinvesting as as things were coming in?
1: Yeah, it really was. Like to be honest, the only thing we really had to outlay was a few hundred dollars for like a marquee and a
0: yeah, yeah.
1: a trestle table. Um, You know, it was our market set up. Really, at the time, at the time we were manufacturing out of our house and it started so small, like we literally would buy ingredients in by the bag or the box and we could store it all in a cupboard, you know, in our linen cupboard. (laughs) That's how small it was. Um, And obviously that grew and as as you grow, you start buying things in bigger boxes or, you know, now we're buying it by the pallet. No, originally we really had no major outlays.
0: Yeah was the plan always to start at the markets and then transition to to stockists and, and later on or, or was that sort of as it naturally evolved?
1: I mean I guess in the back of our mind yes but in a lot of ways it sort of a naturally evolved. The idea really was for us to to one day be able to do this full time. So at the time as I think I mentioned Adam was a chef and obviously chef hours aren't that nice for um you know, for personal reasons. And I worked in the pharmaceutical industry and I, I worked a long way away. So every day I was driving four hours in the car just to get to the job and back. And I guess, yeah, these were sort of our motivators for something else and to do something else and to do something yeah. together. And we always had that passion for food. So it just sort of made sense.
0: So I guess you already had that background of as, as a chef. So all the recipes uh, came from that, I would imagine then.
1: Not necessarily. So definitely the first recipe stemmed from that, but no, all the recipes have sort of, they've really come from feedback from customers. You know, we would start with something and usually when we launch a product, we would launch it, you know, on a fairly small scale and the bags might have stickers on them um, Mm -hmm. so that you know, we're not locked into that recipe necessarily. And just wait for that feedback, wait for what people have to say. And then usually usually there was some sort of tweaking to that recipe or, you know, the amounts of ingredients that were in there to a point where we were then comfortable to then print those recipes on the bag.
0: So I guess, do you allocate a certain amount of time for every new product, depending on the feedback? Or?
1: Yeah, it, it's probably not, I guess, written in mm-hmm. stone. It's sort of flexible depending on the product. And some products definitely move a lot quicker than others. So, yeah, I guess we would start with, you know, a number of, of bags that we thought was reasonable. And it also depends on how many markets we can attend in that period of time and, mm-hmm. um, you know, how much feedback we can get from the stockists. Uh, so that's always been quite variable. Um, we haven't sort of stuck to a, a time frame as such, I guess. Mm-hmm.
0: What tips would you have for, for people who are closer to where you were in 2013, where they're trying to sort of get the traction and, and you know, push their product along?
1: Um, so I guess the, the main tip for me would would be to have belief in yourself. Obviously, there's so many areas when you're starting a business where doubt can creep in. And I guess you just got to believe in yourself, believe in your product. The, the success of us getting into those stockists really was because we had a good product, but also because those stockers could see the passion mm-hmm. in Adam. So I really believe that. Yeah that it was his belief, not only in the product, but what he was doing um, and his determination for that to succeed. I think it's also really important to have a good support network around you. So, you know, we obviously have each other, but we also have a really supportive family. We now have a fantastic team who have our back. You know, we can now go away for a couple of nights and we trust that they're going to keep that business running. And then we've also got a few people within the business um, network that we can sort of reach out to whenever we want to run an idea past or, or whatever. So not necessarily a mentor, but, you know, people that we can bounce ideas off as we grow.
0: I think, I think that's great advice. Yeah. Especially that sort of idea of, you know, really persevering at the start where I think, you know, at times it can be challenging where you know, see, it kind of goes like waves up and down, up and down, but it's sort of as, as, as you've proven here you know, if you really stick to it and maintain the dedication you know, eventually things uh, start to go well and then you know a few years down the line it's it's a, it's a big business um where yeah as you mentioned you know 2013 to now it seems very organically that it's grown uh, to get to the point of where it is today yeah thank you yeah so i think maybe to to sort of wrap it up here where about can our listeners actually find you
1: uh so we've got our two online stores Um, adeliafinefoods.com.au and ballerinebrownie.com.au. Also at both of those websites, there is a stockist page and you can find out where your local stockist is. In Victoria, where I feel like we're everywhere. Um, (laughs) So hopefully there's somewhere near you. And if not, get in touch with us, send us an email and we'll see what we can do. With Adelia, there's quite a few stockists around Adelaide and Uh, New South Wales as well. We can also be found at the local markets when they're on. So predominantly we do sort of Geelong, Ballerine, Peninsula and the Surf Coast. Uh, So if you're a local to any of those areas, feel free to pop on down and say hi.
0: And we'll include the links to all of that in the podcast uh, description so that you can just sort of go and click on that. And I do recommend checking out the websites. The brownies look incredible in the photos and they're all gluten-free. Uh, which is great as well. Yeah. So thank you for coming on today and I hope you have a nice remainder of the day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Showcase. If you like the episode, be sure to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts so you don't miss out on the next one. The discussion continues online. Head over to kaizentree.com articles to share your thoughts on today's show and to read some of our articles which cover useful topics such as what to do about Apple's new iOS update. For more from Kaizen Tree, follow our Instagram at Kaizen Tree, or visit our website www.kaizentree.com. That's ww.Kaiz-n-tr-e-e.com.